Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. A science story, huh? And I just thought, well, I had figured it out. Wow. It was that golden moment. Because science was on my side. Hey everyone, I'm Ben Lilly, and welcome to the Story Collider, where we bring you true stories of how science has affected people's lives. This week's storyteller is Rory Scholl. The story was recorded in July 2012 at Union Hall in Brooklyn. The theme of the event was Medical Misadventures. I've always uh, thought it would be fun to work at an ad agency with big clients on huge campaigns that would be seen globally. And finally, I was answering the phones at one. Um, I was working at this little agency in Soho as an office manager. It was a miserable job, miserable hours, and miserable pay. And even though I could get away with murder at this place, I actually found like a side room they didn't use that they stored like old printers and laptops and stuff in there. And I was selling their stuff on Craigslist out of their lobby um, <laughs> as a side project. <laughs> They're out of business now. I don't know why. But they... Uh, I still was finding it hard to make ends meet. I had a girlfriend that I could never, ever take out, and it was very frustrating. If we did go out to dinner, it was a couple times a week, and it, it was at a deli by our apartment, and we'd split a chicken Caesar wrap and a 40-ounce of Coors Light. You know, it's like, happy Valentine's Day. I suck. I'm sorry. So I, we, never, we, we couldn't do anything. And to top it off, I lived with her and two of her, her roommates, and they were all 10 years younger than me, and I desperately needed to get my own place because I could give a shit what was happening on the hills that week, so it didn't matter. Um, and so another thing was she, she was an actress, and she was always working with all of these guys who were getting work, <laughs> paid work, and I just knew that eventually if I didn't step up and get the money, uh, she was going to leave me for one of these guys. So I was extremely paranoid, miserable, and, and poor. Um, so one day, one of the ad execs that worked at this agency moved on to a bigger and better job and asked me if I wanted to come along as an administrative assistant. And uh, he said it would triple my salary. So of course I said yes, and then Google did administrative assistant. But um, finally, uh, you know, we were going to make big time money. We could go out to eat and we wouldn't have to like do the thing where you go to McDonald's and swear you were just there and they left a cheeseburger out of your order to see if you get it for free. Or you know, we could actually go to movies instead of seeing bootlegged uh, uh, films of iRobot with people walking past the screen and things. I mean, we were hitting the big time now. 
Um, so I knew uh, we were going to be happy, and, and we were on our way up, and things were great. So my last day at the agency, they did what they do. They, they gave a little party uh, to send me off with like a sheet cake and a, and a, a barrel of beer or whatever. And uh, I was sitting at my desk having a bite of the cake, and it was completely bland. And I was like, this is how they're going to send me off with bland cake and flat beer. So I moved on to the wine, which, which also had no taste, and the chips, and the pizza, and the dip. I, I couldn't taste anything, nothing at all. It was very strange. And when I said this to one of my coworkers, uh, I slurred my words, which wasn't really anything new because we worked by a lot of bars, and I had a lot of three martini lunches. But this time it was different, and they could tell. So they, they sent me to home or, or to the doctors first. And on the subway ride to the doctors, things started to get really weird. I started feeling weird. My tongue felt like it was swelling up. Uh, my right eye started watering and wouldn't stop. And uh, my cheek went completely numb. It was very frightening, and I didn't know what was going on. So as soon as I went to the doctors and sat down, before I opened my mouth, she looked at me and said, Bell's palsy. I was like, what, what is that? So Bell's palsy, yeah, uh, it's uh, a, a thing. It's like a nerve damage in your ear caused by, like, bacteria or a blow to the head. Basically, it shuts down half of your face for, like, six to eight weeks. And, yeah, you can't do anything about it. It was very frightening. Um, and so I, I was still processing it because it was, it was slowly, slowly getting worse. By the time I got home, I, had a, I took a nap, and I, I started having the worst nightmares I ever had that entire weekend. Uh, just things like being hit in the face repeatedly with a baseball bat, or I had a recurring dream of, of getting in a car accident and getting shot through the windshield. It was a nightmare. It was a really, really horrible weekend. And all I really wanted to do was just stay home and not... <sighs> and not have anybody see me at all. I, I would have even watched The Hills. I don't care. I just wanted to stay home. But I had a brand new job to start on Monday. So Monday I went to my new job. Uh, um, I was the uh, head administrative assistant to the vice president of acquisitions and developments for W Hotels. I feel like an asshole even saying that title. <laughs> it's, but uh, So when I walked in, first thing they had me do was to take my picture for the security badge. And for a brief moment, I forgot I had the palsy. So at one, two, cheese, half of my face is lit up, and the other half looks like a dead fish. Um, so not a great start. Uh, and when I introduced myself to everybody, they told me later that they thought I was the most sarcastic person they ever met. <laughs> because every introduction was like, yeah, it's really nice to meet you. Great. I'm going to enjoy working here. <laughs> it was, it was uh, ridiculous. So uh, after orientation for the next couple of weeks, I just buckled down, and uh, the dream started. And at work, I just, I, I just wanted to, to do all my work on email. I didn't want to face anybody. I had lunch by myself. It was mostly soups and smoothies because if I tried to have solid food, I'd have to lift my face up and, and it, it was like jamming cash into a mattress or something. It, was just, it, it wasn't good. Um, and I would go on my breaks. I would just stare at my face in the bathroom for like 20 minutes and just it, it, incredibly frustrating, uh, like just to look at myself and wanting to smile, wanting to smile and, you know, and not being able to. This whole Harvey Dent thing going on with me uh, was, was, was really frustrating. And also at the time, I was in an improv comedy troupe and we had shows on the weekend. And uh, I did one weekend and it was horrible. <laughs> I thought I could just press on, but every character I, I did, I sounded like a 19 
1940s gangster. You know, I was like, yeah, see, all right. Or I had to do the Phantom of the Opera or something. And after that first uh, couple, that first weekend, I decided I wasn't going to do it anymore. Um, I was just turning into a miserable, miserable person. Even at every doctor's visit, I would go, and and I didn't care who was in the waiting room. I had it worst. So, and I was just an asshole to my doctor the whole time, even though she was trying to help me. And then at home was even worse. Uh, my girlfriend, the more supportive she was for some reason, the more that pissed me off. The more she said things were going to be all right, the more I just wanted to punch her in the throat. Uh, but I didn't. I never did. Okay. I just want to make that clear. So I was turning into just, uh, just a miserable person. My, my days were spent working 9 to 6, 7, 8 o'clock at night sometimes with half a face, not doing anything I liked on the weekend, and coming home to just a miserable environment. Um, so about five weeks into it, I had a doctor's appointment, and uh, I'm sitting in the waiting room, and there's a woman there, and she, uh, she asked me, hey, are there any good Italian restaurants around this neighborhood? And I had gotten really good at uh, hating people. So, and just giving them curt, short, one-word answers. So I, out of the side of my mouth, I said, no. And she said, oh, that's a shame. Uh, my, my son's been craving chicken parmesan all day, and I thought it'd be a nice treat to, you know, to take him to, to get some after his appointment. That's what he really wants. And I was like, oh. And in my head, I'm thinking, you know, what I want is to smile again. I want to <laughs> sleep without an eye patch. I want to feel my face. I want to taste food. I want... And then in mid-thought, I stopped as a doctor uh, pushed a kid out in a wheelchair. And this kid only had one leg. And uh, he couldn't have been more than eight years old, but he looked so, so much smaller in that chair. Uh, but he was smiling. And I guess the doctor had made him laugh, and he said something. I don't, I don't remember what it was. But he shook the lady's hand and said, he's doing great. We'll see him at his checkup next week. And the lady looks at me and says, you're in good hands here. Um, take care. And I was like... I don't know if they have chicken parmesan, but there's a great diner two blocks down the street on 86, and she's like, thank you, and she leaves. So the next day at work, I decided I would stop feeling sorry for myself. This was five weeks into it, so I called my director. I said, put me in the shows this weekend. I actually made some meetings that were lunch meetings, face-to-face meetings, face-to-half-face meetings, or whatever, but I was going to stop hiding behind the computer, and I got an email from my girlfriend asking me if I was all right, and, uh, I, and I was, you know, I was, I mean, life wasn't great, but life wasn't horrible at the time. Um, and I, I wish I could say that the palsy went away right then, uh, but I had it for another week. As I was watching a YouTube video, uh, a friend of mine sent me about a group of kids all with Tourette's on the same school bus. <laughs> Please Google that, <laughs> it is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> it cured me um, because I started laughing, and then I noticed I had a full smile, and it was amazing, and I had to duck into the men's room once again because I was so overwhelmed. When I looked in the mirror, I started crying, and uh, I started hitting myself in the face and just looking and making sure and and smiling as big as I could, something that uh, most people do every day and and some people don't do enough of, and and a lot of people take for granted. I was smiling, and it was huge, and uh, I wanted to remember that feeling, you know, because things would inevitably get tough again, but I wanted to feel what I felt right there. And I knew the next year and a half I'd have no trouble remembering that because HR refused to change the picture on my security badge, but that's all right. So um, that night I went home and uh, I kissed my girlfriend for an hour straight. 
and uh, it was pretty good. And uh, I took her out to dinner, and I was making the big bucks now, so I could take her anywhere uh, we wanted to go. But what we wound up doing is splitting a chicken Caesar wrap and a 40-ounce of Coors Light, and it was the best meal I had in months. Thank you. That was Rory Scholl. Rory is an improv comic and performs at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater and is host and creator of the touring show Artprov, which combines artist galleries and comics. He is also lead guitarist for the improvised storytelling band The BTK. He eats almonds to lower his cholesterol. For more science stories, take a look at storycollider.org, where we have our magazine, archives of the podcast, and upcoming events. If you have a story you'd like to tell, we have submission information there as well. The Story Collider is produced by me, Brian Wecht, and Aaron Barker. The podcast is produced by Rose Evola. Additional help from Brooke Williams, Lena Groger, Josh McCall, and Raffaella Benin. The theme music is by Ghost. Special thanks to Union Hall for hosting the show, and to Books for smelling like books. Thanks for listening. <laughs>